Soaring in from high above Eastern Michigan University, it's the Eastern Insider Podcast with your host, Greg Steiner and Alex Jewell. Welcome to today's edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast, a little different than what we've traditionally done in store for you today. I'm Greg Steiner. And I'm Alex Jewell. We're happy to have you as we gear you up for the national championship tonight that will take place in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Yes, I know. It feels like college football has been over forever, but you know what, Alex? We get to crown a Tiger tonight as a champion. Well, it's my hope that one day we'll be crowning the Eagles champions, but of course, tonight we've got Clemson and LSU, and we wouldn't be doing ourselves any uh, justice if we didn't at least spend a second mentioning the game, obviously capping off uh, incredible college football season. And for both of us, college football means so much, obviously, in both our work and our personal life. So excited to sit back today and watch a game kind of as a just a bystander as a fan because we don't get to do that too often so certainly uh an interesting storyline tonight between the two sets of tigers from lsu and clemson and i think it's gonna be an entertaining game it should be as you know a little closer to home level you tie it back eastern michigan of course played at lsu a few years ago had good success for less miles then not at ogeron and then you dial it a little closer home joe burrow of course from mac country he's originally from athens his dad the longtime defensive coordinator at ohio university University, so it has a little ties to, to EMU, but it should be a, a fun matchup tonight, and we, we start you off in that aspect, so I'm predicting a Tiger will win. You're predicting a Tiger will win? Well, that's a, a solid prediction. I would have to uh, take money on that as well, but of course, we're not going to do that. But if you're asking me specifics, there's only one Tiger that's going to reign supreme tonight, and that will be Coach Eddie O. Ed Orgeron, they're going to be, oh, hold that tiger, Greg, hold that tiger. All night long, LSU in their backyard at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome in New Orleans. I think just as those folks down there ready to kick off their Mardi Gras season, which is coming up, I think it'll be a purple and gold sea down there today. And I think that's who's going to take it home. I can say it'll be a fun one tonight in uh, Bourbon Street. So look forward to that. Uh, other things to look forward to this week, a busy week of EMU basketball and home events as we've got basketball at home on Tuesday, Wednesday, and again on Saturday. Men's basketball kicks off the week with a game against Ball State. They try to right the ship and get things rolling after a tough weekend that they had on the road in DeKal, rallying back but not able to fully close a victory over NIU. And then they'll be back home on Saturday. That'll be against Ohio, a team they've already played just a little over a week ago, so a rare feat in that aspect. And then you get uh, women's basketball Miami on the slate for Wednesday before they'll shuffle off to Buffalo for a weekend matchup. We've talked about it all season long, both on the men's and women's side, about how top to bottom competitive this league has been. That's certainly held true on both sides uh, of the aisle, and it's no different in women's basketball. Uh, a team in Miami that eight and seven on paper, one and two in the Mid American Conference, but they're going to present a tough challenge for Fred Castro and the gang. Of course, they're coming off their first setback in conference play, a tough loss at Ball State, but. Both of these teams here in terms of uh, Fred Castro's team, Rob Murphy's team, uh, looking to get wins at home. There's no better place to do it than at home. Of course, Rob Murphy's team just two wins away from setting their 200th victory all time at the Convocation Center uh, men's basketball. So hopefully good opportunity for both of those teams to get back on track. Well, it also gives you a chance to break out the fanny pack and some other things for 90s night. I know you could have the MC Hammer uh, air pants and all that kind of stuff. I know that would be a big, big thing for you. 
Well, I was only alive for three years in the 90s. Not Don't to make me feel myself. old. But they were a fabulous three years. I'll tell you what. Uh, hip-hop music was at the prime then. I've got my I've got my MC Hammer pants at home, Greg. You know, I can I can shuffle a little bit for you if you want to see it. Although I don't think the listeners want to hear your reaction to watching me do that. But nonetheless, it's gonna be a great time out at the Convocation Center. And now that conference play is in, you gotta remember the pep bands in the stands. Uh, the, the competition is raised to the next level. We've got a lot of great pro- promotional nights coming up at the Convocation Center. So if you haven't had time to get out yet this season. Why not come Tuesday and Wednesday night? It's a perfect time. You mentioned it on students on Wednesday. The first hundred get free Chick-fil-A as student appreciation night back at it. So come out to the convo, support EMU basketball. You also have your chance to catch the first glimpse of home EMU gymnastics coming up on Sunday as the Eagles will be hosting the Chippewas of Central Michigan. That'll be a 1 p.m. start on January 19th. Free admission for all. And then we also do have some other events going on. Track is in action in Saginaw. They're at the Doug Hansen Open. And then we also get to see swimming and diving on the road at Akron. And then EMU women's tennis up in East Lansing. Well, I know that uh, Coach Jason Wiseman is excited to get the season underway. Of course, tennis, one of the sports that gets an opportunity to go a little bit in the fall and get their season kind of rolling before they head in to this spring schedule, which really, of course, means the most. So it'll be interesting to see. They've got such an interesting roster uh, this year with a couple of returners from that season, of, of course, before last, uh, where they took their one-year their one year break, but they're back in it uh, now. And it's going to be tough to go up to East Lansing. It's a, it's a good event. And I know that's something that coach Wiseman doesn't shy away from. We'll talk to him in the upcoming weeks. I'm sure about some of that competition, but nothing like starting a season in a little bit of a stiff competition, but at least it's right in your backyard. And so it should be a good week for the Eagles uh, all over the place. A lot of different places on the map. Right down to it. We teased it in the open, Alex. Uh, oh, odd week for the aspect that we only have one guest this week. You get the chance to take a little time back to prep some interviews coming up as I get to spend two segments with the vice president and director of athletics. That's Scott Weatherby. We uh, had an extended chat today and we changed it, decided to go with two segments featuring him. First segment you'll hear right after this break is uh, about really football, the quick lane bowl and everything. And then we dive into a multitude of topics after the break to get his thoughts on everything from how basketball is going to uh, maybe some some name-like image and, and maybe some, some other things that are hot-button topics around college athletics. Yeah. For those of you listeners at home that don't know, Scott Weatherby is one of the most open – athletic directors you're ever going to hear from. Uh, When we go to him with interview requests and and different topics, he does not shy away from kind of laying it all on the table. So to get perspective from him, not only on stuff that's happening at Eastern, but all through college athletics, like you just mentioned, the name, image, and likeness uh, issue or topic is something that certainly is kind of sweeping the nation as a whole, not just within college athletics, but the whole topic of that has really been uh, of huge discussion of lately. So to hear from a Division One athletic director at the highest level, his thoughts, his prediction of kind of what's going to happen. It's really an amazing conversation. I know that uh, our listeners can get great uh, insight out of that. And, you know, Scott Weatherby is always someone who's open to talk, but he's still not super successful being an athletic director. So, you know, for it's a great chance for you, the listeners, to hear from him, laying it all out for 25 minutes. It's a great conversation. Uh, and you should definitely look forward to that. And of course, Greg mentioned 
that we've got some great guests upcoming on the show. It's something we're really looking forward to as we go on. I know next week to kind of tease it, we're going to have uh, Sergio Bailey, of course, the fantastic former wide receiver here who got a stint in the NFL and is now an entrepreneur. He's opened up a new restaurant in San Diego, and it's by all indications, I've heard from a couple of people that live out there that I know that it's not only doing well, but it's fantastic. So we're going to hear from people like him and some other really special guests coming up uh, in, in the next couple of weeks as we head into this new winter semester. And remember, this is really an interactive show. If there's a topic or a person of interest that you, the fan and listener, want to hear, email either Alex or I directly. We'd love to hear your thoughts on who you want to hear from to make this podcast better. With that said, let's get to uh, a quick timeout, and then we'll hear from Scott Weatherby first about football and really a lot of things about the future of EMU athletics after this quick timeout. You're listening to the Eastern Insider Podcast. Looking for a ride? Trinity Transportation has the vehicle for you. From luxurious motor coaches to cozy sedans, Trinity Transportation is prepared to take you to your destination. Check out their fleet of vehicles at trinitytransportation.com or call 877-284-4200 to book today. That's trinitytransportation.com or 877-284-4200. Trinity Transportation, the official transportation provider of Eastern Michigan Athletics. Month of January, always a time for review and reflection. And today we're joined by the big boss himself, Scott Weatherby, EMU's Vice President and Director of Athletics. Scott, how'd you enjoy your holiday season? It, it was a great holiday season. Um, you know, it was um, the Quick Lane Bowl was exciting. And, uh, you know, our, our basketball programs are off and running and uh, we're getting ready to get into, uh, you know, more into these winter sports and everything else. So uh, exciting time at Eastern uh, and real excited to be here. A multitude of topics we'll get into, but you mentioned the Quick Lane Bowl. We'll start with that. Playing in Detroit, for so many fans, they thought it was something that may never happen. MAC championship, they've always been gunning for. Wasn't quite where you hoped for, but some people like warm and sunny, but Detroit was the perfect location for the 2019 bowl appearance. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was excited, you know, before the bowl announcements, trying to um, talk to the Quick Lane Bowl and let them know that, you know, our fans are excited about going to back-to-back bowl games for the first time in our school history and and to be in our backyard and have that home game and um, home crowd. And I thought we'd get people to rally around it. And um, once that announcement came, you know, we were uh, we were all in and the team was excited about it. And, you know, when, when you're six and six and somebody's going to be left out, we didn't care where we were going. Uh, but Quick Lane Bowl was our first choice. It was something that Coach and I talked a lot about, and and then it worked out well. You know, outside of the of the outcome of the game, uh, everything else uh, was just great around the bowl game. When you look at the fan response, I mean, thirty four thousand people a Quick Lane Bowl record. More than three million people watched on television. It was the most watched Detroit based bowl since two thousand thirteen. When you hear things like that, what does it tell you about people's passion for this university and our football program? People always ask, do we have that kind of fan base or do we have that kind of support? And we always felt like uh, we could get that. And um, we've been trying to build that momentum to get there. You know, and you even talk to bowl games that, you know, the previous two bowl games we've been to were in the Bahamas. Mm -hmm. It's a long trip, tough for people to get to. Couldn't even take our band. Um, And then the next trip is a 15-hour drive to Montgomery, Alabama. And and we had a great time in Montgomery, but it's just not an easy trip uh, on a two-week notice. And so to be able to have three weeks notice, be in our backyard, um, I think that was really significant for us. And then us game planning as a university 
and our university marketing getting on board with our athletics marketing. And we were all saying the same thing and on the same page that made it significant. And, and then to know that you had the only game on Thursday night, the day after Christmas, people are looking for mm-hmm. things to do and the weather was well, you know, uh, it turned out really nice, uh, here in Detroit and our Eagle walk was special. Our pregame tailgate had over 700 people. And there's so many people that came up to me and said, I never thought I'd see this day. And, you know, some guys had tears in their eyes that it just, it meant a lot to them. And those are the things that just, you know, as an athletic director, you're proud of and you can walk around and, and, uh, you just try to thank as many people people as you can. I just really appreciate the outpouring that people showed our um, our student athletes and our coaches and in the Quick Lane Bowl did such a great job putting this together and then working with us. We we worked on distributing tickets and and we were going back and forth, you know, on different days. And luckily we're only 30, 45 minutes away from Ford Field. And it just all the stars lined up right. And then to have the fan base actually show up was significant. It's going to help us in the future, you know, future bowl games. We traveled well to Montgomery and then um, to have that kind of showing in those kind of TV ratings. Uh, when we're looking at selections next year, people, I can point back to that now. And, and, um, and they had a lot of people had already seen it. So that'll really help us. Yeah. You mentioned that there was a New York times article that came out today that was talking about the poor attendance at a lot of bowls and how so many bowls had the lowest they've ever seen in their history. And for Eastern Michigan to have that ability to show three times in the past four years, they've gone to a bowl. How does that one help the notoriety for this university? And two, also it's, it's got to be helpful in your bottom line because everybody looks at that, those financial figures as well. Yeah, absolutely. This is one of those where, uh, you know, especially going to Detroit, um, you know, your expenses are a lot less. You don't have to fly anywhere and, um, you don't have to have as many hotel rooms and those things. So, uh, from a bottom line perspective, uh, that, that certainly, um, helps out, but going to three bowl games in four years, just nationally, and then your reputation and your brand, those are things that uh, we can work on. We did a study after last year's Montgomery Bowl, um, Joyce Julius put together, it was about $8.5 million in, um, you know, visibility to our university from print advertisement to television. Those those ratings for TV were a lot lower last year. Yeah, you were at uh, 767,000 viewers. Yeah. And so to, um, you know, four or five times that uh, is really significant. And so we've asked them to do another study to see. And, you know, obviously the impact regionally was really big for us. And, you know, I want to make it so people have such pride in our athletic department. And then um, I'm hoping those, you know, those juniors and seniors in high school right now, their image of Eastern Michigan from an athletic perspective is, wow, they've been to three bowl games in four years. And wow, look at the people that showed up in, mm-hmm. in Detroit. And and then you find that there's a lot more pride now when I go places and I'm wearing a block E, somebody will say, you know, I went to Eastern yep. and they're not afraid to talk about it. And so those are the things that when you can rally around something and there's no other thing that Eastern Michigan's done that you can have 30,000 people together at one time. And so that's what football and, and college athletics can do for you. And so we need to continue that momentum, get people to be engaged and start doing that here in Ypsilanti and build that and see the ground swell even more on our home in our home um, field and, and creating that atmosphere. So we're going to try to um, build off it and we're going to thank a lot of people and and do a lot of reaching out over the next uh, four or five months to get them to buy football season tickets and and come to our 100th homecoming next year and uh, just have a lot of excitement around uh, the football program and all of our athletics programs. 
Here with Scott Weatherby, MU's Vice President and Director of Athletics. One of the topics that I've heard a lot of fans banter about is possible future ties with the city of Detroit. And Eastern, of course, had uh, a series they played at Ford Field, the Collegiate Clash. The Mid-American Conference, of course, has the, the MAC tournament or MAC championship there. But do you ever have any thoughts of playing off this and, and trying to, to see how the Lions, Tigers, Pistons, Red Wings, anybody could be more helpful to EMU? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think we need to um, tap into the Detroit market. I mean, our that's our biggest uh, alumni base. And uh, sometimes we want them to come to Ypsilanti for stuff. But, you know, there's times we got to go to them. And I think having the opportunity to have a, a good game, um, and whether that's a Big Ten opponent um, or some kind of neutral site game uh, in Detroit, and whether that's at Comerica, um, that's at Ford Field, um, coming up and getting creative. Um, I've had some discussions, the people that run the Quick Lane Bowl, we've had talks about, you know, in the future having uh, a neutral site game there and whether we treat it as our home game and we split the gate or whatever. I just think that can benefit Eastern Michigan and and allow us to kind of spread out our wings a little bit uh, in the region and uh, try to go to some of our fans. So I'm hopeful that we can do something. Um, You know, with football, it's really tough. I'm already uh, out to 2025. And so we would be looking at 2026 or 2027. And, uh, you know, and you'd like to see, uh, you know, a Michigan State or a Michigan or, um, you know, one of the bigger schools that will help draw as well. And it'd be a great environment and um, try to continue our Big Ten killing ways. You mentioned uh, as far out the schedule goes, the 2020 schedule, a lot of them, the dates were set even before you arrived on campus. But we've heard some fans grumble about only having five home games again. I know not ideal in your book by any means, but paydays at Kentucky and Missouri also a large part of how the schedule gets set up. It's, um, you know, with it being so far out, you know, we're finalizing, you know, Army this this coming year. That was a six-game deal almost 10 years ago. And so, you know, that's part of when you're thinking and forecasting out. I'm working on 26-27. And, and so that's a long time. A lot of things can happen, and you're trying to figure out what kind of talent that team may have. Uh, the good news is for our fans is uh, starting in 2021 through 2025, we will have the two home games, non-conference home games, and then have the four conference. So we are, you know, I'd like to have a balanced schedule. You know, the goal is to have one big money game guarantee. Um, and, the, and the good news there is every one of our deals that I've signed has been 1.4 to 1.75 million. So we've done some significant dollars. And then to try to play like opponents that have um, like budgets and that um, have the same challenges we do. And, you know, if we're going to go on the road, we know it's going to be tough, but we got a chance to win. And then when they're coming to our place that, again, we've got a better chance at home to win. And then we'll have one FCS uh, opponent. So we got a chance to, you know, hopefully get a W there. And, you know, if you can go two and two, that's good. If you can go three and one, that's great. And if you go four and oh, hold on your horses here, we're going to, you know, have something special. So those are the types of things that we're thinking about when we're, when we're, you know, booking out and uh, working on scheduling. Just getting started with Scott Weatherby. We got to take a quick timeout. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to the Eastern Insider Podcast.
Welcome back on the Easter Insider Podcast. We've talked a lot of football with Scott Weatherby, but let's hit on some other topics that concern EMU athletics. Right now, basketball season in full swing. The men had their best start ever under Rob Murphy. The women had a, a rough stretch, but have turned things around lately with the addition of Ariana Combs. What have you seen out of the basketball teams? Yeah, both of them. It's actually been the tale of two different teams. And, um, you know, our men's program came out hot. And, uh, you know, I I don't think uh, a lot of our opponents know what to expect. We had a lot of new guys. Um, Rob's been kind of working on trying to figure out who's going to start and kind of shifting people in and out. And you obviously have to stay healthy as well. And uh, had some great uh, wins and to win the Jamaican Classic and and have that kind of build off of. Obviously, the MAC is tough. Akron's a really really good team. Um, they shot lights out when they came here, and it's one of those where if you have a cold night and they have a hot night in the MAC, you're just not going to win. And uh, and then it's tough to win on the road too. So uh, you know, I know they've got um, a road trip here, and then they can come back to the confines of. Uh, Convocation Center and uh, looking forward to you know, just kind of seeing how the year goes and, and excited about the program and hope people come out and uh, support them. And they play hard. They play really, really hard. They're actually enjoyable to watch and, mm-hmm. and um, how hard they play. And, and people won't be disappointed on, on that side of it. We're not always going to win every game, but uh, we're going to certainly be competitive. And then on the women's side, Fred, you know, we had some injuries early and, um, you know, we had a couple people had to sit out for a little bit. And then now that we're getting full strength here, um, I think we've won five in a row and um, two and zero in the Mac. And I kind of joke with them that it's nice to see him in first place here, uh, that we can keep that rolling. And, um, they, you know, they head down to my alma mater at uh, ball state and, uh, told them I got something special for them if they can win that. So I'm excited. Basketball season is always a fun time. And I feel like both teams, uh, have a chance to get in the Mac tournament this year. And then once you do that, anything can happen. Teams get hot. Um, and we know we're going to be competitive and in, in, in games because we play tough defense on both both our men and women. So uh, it's exciting. And we've had decent crowds. I like to see more people come out and get excited about our basketball program and and uh, continue to build off that. Eagles have surpassed their season ticket numbers each of the last few seasons. So attendance continues to be strong for EMU athletics, but always room for improvement. One of the areas that has been improved a lot is your ability to get donations as of late. And a lot can be attributed to the game above uh, a group of, of EMU supporters, donors, and most importantly, graduates that have have come up to a tune of better than 13 million to academic, athletic, and supportive programs at EMU over the past few months. And most recently, uh, $8 million for a golf facility to one, build it and then run it for 12 years. Another million dollar donation in honor of Brian Klaus uh, for the Student Athlete Performance Center. What more could you ask for for a group people that have poured their heart out for EMU. Yeah, it's it's special to see. And and it's been probably the last six or seven months, we've had a lot of discussions with a number of, of our former students and former student athletes and, and being able to get this group to come together for a common cause, which is Eastern Michigan. And, and, and that what's neat is it's not just athletics. And obviously we, we want to benefit as much as possible. They want to see our athletic program do well. Uh, they want to help us become self-sufficient and not rely on general funds. 
one dollars and how 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 can they help and and so it's neat to be able to have that um you know those conversations and see what they're doing and the effect they're having on a university even our community Mm -hmm. and and to be able to step up like they have and then to want to hear more and have more ideas um it's been a lot of fun to be a part of i'm real appreciative to each and every one of them for their um, involvement and that they love this university this is their university and um you know i tell them i ad's kind of come and go but you're the ones that are here and we need to make these commitments and you know the golf facility is going to be incredible and for them to actually put in the money to fund it for 12 years so there is no cost to the university there's no cost to our athletic department and and it gives them the opportunity that regionally we have a pretty good golf program but now nationally we can take that next step and so i'm looking forward to working with them on that um and and trying to get that uh, moving and uh, start breaking ground and um, and build off of the Student Athlete Performance Center and get the golf center going and then kind of continue to work more with them along the road. Yeah, a lot of uh, things for so many years, people said uh, Eastern was stuck in its ways, couldn't grow. All of a sudden, you've seen one building built, uh, another building on the horizon. I know you have future plans in store, but for people sitting at home, they may not have a million dollars, they but they may have 50, 100, whatever those donations matter just as much in the long term as well. Yeah, I, to me, we're relationship driven. I, I want people to be connected. Um, and it's not always about the dollars that they're giving. It's coming and supporting our basketball programs. It's going to a soccer game or a volleyball match or coming to a swim meet. Um, just being involved in our student athletes, seeing that people care and that they have pride in our program. And then over time, it's yes, you know, I'd love for everybody that's been an alum to give us $100. And if they did that, we'd have a million dollars really quickly, right? And and it doesn't take a lot for that momentum to get going. So this group is trying to set an example. But the neat thing is, is I have more conversations about a $500 gift and a $1,000 gift than I do a million dollar gift, you know? And so I just want people to come back have enough pride and and feel so excited about the momentum that we have that they want to write a check and they want to say, hey, you know what, I had such a great experience or maybe I didn't get a chance to have that experience, but I want to help somebody that will and pay it forward. And I'm our one of our ultimate goals here is to provide a student athlete experience that's like none other. And uh, to be able to do that, we have to have money to be able mm-hmm. to do that. And, and so it's not always easy to ask for money, but uh, we're certainly trying to build a relationship so that we can uh, try to support our student athletes as much as we can. And we're trying to do it across the board. It's not just for our football program or just for our basketball program. And, uh, you know, we've talked about it all the time of how well we're doing in the classroom and in our community. And we need to continue to do that across the board. Here with Scott Weatherby. Usually this time of year, we start thinking uh, of the State of the Union address that will be coming up in, in just a few short weeks. But uh, from a state of EMU as the, the leader of this program, the state is strong and, and continuing to build on improving the student athlete experience, I know, continues to be a large priority for you. Yeah, I would say, um, you know, we always talk about our student athlete experience and and look, not everyone has um, the perfect time here, but we're going to try to do everything we can. And, and I tell our recruits 
that my job and our administration's job is whatever our coaches are promising that your experience is going to be, we make it just a little bit better. And we need to continue on that. You know, we still hit on our three C's. We're going to get in the community and uh, we're going to be involved. We're going to be active. And, and we've shown that with over 7,000 credit or uh, community service hours each of the last two years. And and then do well in the classroom. We just had our best year ever. You know, when, when your whole department has a 326 GPA, we're, we're doing the right thing. Um, and then, you know, in my two and a half years, we've won 10 MAC championships. And so there are really good things happening and we want to continue to do that. So those are the things we'll talk about and we continue to talk about out every day. But then there's things that, you know, we have goals for this coming year that um, things that we need to do for a number of our programs. And, you know, a lot of those are on the way and, and we're excited about each and every one. And, and we certainly need donor dollars to help with that. But, um, you know, I'm excited about where were we, uh, how we finished up in 19 and, and, and the new vision for 2020. And, and we're just excited about everything that's happening. As part of athletics, the constant change is always something. A large amount of staff has come in, changed over the past 18 months or so, uh, moving on to better jobs. How is it you were able to to manage that turnover and change and all constant? I mean, people view it as a revolving door, but in a lot of ways, they're getting better jobs and, and moving on to better places too. Yeah, we uh, we took a look at um, 2019. We had um, 30 positions turnover. So we did, it's not that we created new positions. It's just we had people come in and then they leave. And when you look at who left and where they went, they're improving themselves for the most part. And uh, that's good. You hire good people and and that's going to happen. I think the way you remain consistent is our top group, um, our assistant athletic directors, our associate ADs, for the most part, that group has stayed the same. And uh, all I can do as the leader of that group is try to, you know, let them know that I care and that we're a family and that I have their back. And if there's an opportunity for somebody to go, I'm going to be very supportive and I wouldn't want to hold, have anybody hold me back. I don't want to hold them. I want people to be able to grow. And and then, you know what, we'll go out and find somebody else. And um, I've learned a long time ago, we're all replaceable, even though we think sometimes we're not. And, and that's sometimes that's a tough pill for, for some, but I would say we have such good people um, on our staff that it makes it easy to go sell to get somebody else to come here. And then we do have the momentum. I think if you look at from a national stage, uh, when I reach out to my peers and my counterparts, they're all saying, wow, you guys got a lot of good things going on there. And then I've had people say, I want to come work there. Uh, and that it wasn't always the case. So uh, we got to continue to build off that and and just know that Eastern Michigan is not a power five school. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we have one of the smallest budgets in the country and we um, most of us make the least amount in in our respective fields. And uh, and so with that, all I can do is pat them on the back and try to care as much as we can. And then when they leave, try to find somebody else that cares as much as we do and, and continue that cycle. I always tell at least the people I hire, we're, we may not have the, the biggest staff, but we're going to outwork them. That's for sure. One of the other th- hot button issues as we wrap up this interview in 2020, we'll continue it in a lot of ways, is the, the major discussions at the NCAA level of name, image, likeness, and sports betting. Uh, it's getting a little closer to home, and I know there's still a lot to evolve, but uh, just some touching on, on Michigan passing legislation to allow sports gambling and name, image, likeness, and impacts that you seek upcoming on Easter over the next year, couple of years? Yeah, it'll, it'll be real interesting, uh, especially on the name, image, and likeness. I'm not I'm not sure um, that at a level of an Eastern Michigan, a Central Michigan, a Western Michigan, um, how much that will really impact. You know, there are a number, a handful of our student athletes that probably could make some money 
um, off of their name, image, and likeness because of athletics. Um, they probably have a better opportunity to make other money off of other things they do, other talents that they have. Um, some have, you know, really good following on social media. Um, some are into music or entertainment. Um, and I think when it comes to stuff like that, we, we need to support that. My biggest concern, uh, two concerns are one is that, you know, Eastern Michigan can't add to our overall expenses. So I don't want to get into a professional model Mm -hmm. and amateurism is the second part that is really critical. And if you look at, I saw a stat where the Olympics in Rio, um, in 2016, was 70% college athletes and amateurs, right? And and so if you blow up our amateur model in the college um, setting, uh, you could really be affecting the Olympic model mm-hmm. too. And so there's there's some things to be said with that. And um, But I think you would find that most athletic directors across the country, most of our discussions are, we feel like there's something we need to do. We just got to figure out what's the fairest way. Um, and at the end of the day, we don't want to be, I have one rule, Toledo has another rule, Buffalo has another rule, and um, our kids are like, well, they do it at Buffalo, right. but we can't do it here, and and we're at a recruiting disadvantage, or you know, we want to have a level playing field. And so that I think those are the things that the NCA is working on. I think there's going to be um, some legislation coming through by April and then take effect about a year from now. I do know that state of Michigan, we're having discussions with legislators right now. I actually have a call next week uh, with a few of them. I had a call with our senator yesterday. And um, so we are having these discussions and Michigan will be putting in something um, soon and whether it happens this year or following year. And so we have to be prepared for that. And, and I'm hopeful that we at least let the NCA have that opportunity first um, before or at least see what they're proposing before we jump too soon. Scott, appreciate your time. As always, I know 2019 was a, a trying year for you on the, uh, the personal level, and I hope only the best for you in 2020. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. It was, you know, personally, uh, the end of 2019 was a tough, tough year for us. Um, but professionally, it's been great. And, you know, and we're going to get up every day and try to get better. And uh, I appreciate all your hard work and, and your staff and uh, just real excited about uh, where Eastern Michigan Athletics is heading. Well, that'll do it for another edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast. Thank you, as always, to all of our guests and, most importantly, you, the listeners. We couldn't do it without you, and we're so excited to be able to bring you all things Eastern straight from the source every week. As always, you can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or wherever you download your podcast, including this year from our own website, emueagles.com slash podcasts. Make sure you stay with us every Monday. We'll be back next week bigger and better than ever. Until then, go green, go white, and go Eastern, and have a great week. We'll see you next time.